do. Oh, you guys recording? <laughs> Guess who's drunk? Actually, that would be a nice outtake at the start. Hey, it's my birthday, Hoy. Is it? Is it after 12? Yeah. 12.34? Episode 11. Oh, episode 11. Big episode 11. 11. For my birthday, we're, we're drinking beers and watching movies and talking about them and pressing record. Yeah. This is episode 11. Happy, I'm Nige. Happy birthday, Nige. I'm Corey. We just got home from um, possibly the best movie of the year. Oh, fuck. Sorry. That was my intro for Sucker Punch. <laughs> Thor. We got home from Thor. You like comic book movies, huh? I only like the good ones. What are the good ones, Corey? X-Men. Some of them. I'm cheating. I'm Iron Man. List, so. Both Iron Mans. The first Spider-Man. Maybe the first uh, Fantastic Four, but not the second. Um, you like the first Fantastic Four movie? I can't remember, but the second one was terrible. The old Supermans or the new Superman? What else? You see the new Superman? Yeah. Apparently it's a mess. Kevin Spacey was Lex Luthor, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. Zack Snyder attached to the new one? Possibly. I, can't, I hated no. the fuck out of the Sandman. I mean, out of one of the Spider-Mans with the black inky guy. That was fucking. He was my top five that I thought of. Yeah. Sin City. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even pass it. That's awesome, yeah. Hellboy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Wouldn't would have thought that either. Nice. Dark Knight. Oh, damn. I wouldn't even thought of the Batman ones. Yeah, of course. Constantine. Oh, yeah. Batman Begins. Wow. Well, that was my top five. Yeah. I went online to check other people's lists. Yeah. Men in Black, 30 Days of Night, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. These all count as superhero books? Like These comic, comic book movies. movies, yeah. Oh, well, then, well, hang on, no, I was confused. Sorry, we're having a, yeah, we're having a superhero. Oh, was Thor a superhero or a comic book? The same oh, thing. He's, he's a superhero from a comic book. Oh, what should we do? I suppose when you asked me to list some, I was like, oh, Superman, Spider-Man shit. No, I just wasn't thinking. Never mind. Ghost World. Well, who's in that? Steve Buscemi, Scarlett Johansson, and Thor, but... I heard of that, man. Asepolis. Yeah, 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 the black and white one. Uh, American Splendor. Yep. Akira. Yep. Death Note. Oh, nice. Uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. I didn't realise was a oh. comic series first. I've only seen the first two, which actually got remixed into one movie and dubbed in American, but it's the one when Beatrix meets BB, Shogun Assassin, which is Lone Wolf and Cub, one and two, remixed, dubbed. It was a comic first. Who fucking knew? Right. Uh, Lady Snowblight, Nelska, Old Boy, cool. 300, Kick-Ass, yeah. A History of Violence. Oh yeah, I didn't know that was another one. Tank Girl, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, V for Vendetta, Watchmen, Barbarella, The Storm Riders, The Story of Ricky O, My Neighbor the Yamadas, Tintin, obviously coming out, it's yeah. going to be a big comic book movie. Cowboys and Aliens, Swamp yeah. Thing, Blade, apparently Blade 2 is a really good movie. Guillermo yeah. del Toro, I've never seen Blade 2. Blade is in uh, Wizard Snipes. Mm. Blade 3, not bad as either. Ah, oh, jeez. What do you think of Thor? Run through a synopsis. It's about, uh, it's, well, this is like a god or some shit that gets um, cast out of uh, of the heavens. They're having like a heavenly war, he gets cast out to Earth to flirt with Natalie Portman. He's got a magic hammer. Yeah. And his brother's trying to deceive him or something. He's got a hammer that makes him invincible. But this is like Loki, Odin, all that Norse mythology shit. Norse mythology taken by Stan Lee involved. and turned into a comic book. Did you see Stan Lee? No. Oh, he did as well, yeah. He was trying to pull the hammer out of the ground in a truck. Like, didn't get it or something. Oh, and the... Yeah, man. Um, there were some parts of Thor that I thought were fucking pointless. Man, it spent a bit too much time mincing about in heaven with Anthony Hopkins. What were they trying to be Shakespeare? It wasn't working because all your sets looked plastic and your shields looked plastic and, and shiny. And there was a little bit of invincible, you know, I am I am Thor, I got this hammer that's invincible. Like at one stage the fight's going badly for him and he throws in a line and it wipes out twenty people. 
and returns and comes back. Like, and then they start to overpower him. He's like, enough! And then it becomes a, a mini nuke. Don't you hate that when someone fights to the best of his ability and then someone brings out someone tougher so he just fights a bit more. Is he really out there fucking with them, really? Because that's what it turns him out to. If you're playing like 1942 or something, right? You're flying along and you got, how many bullets have I got? Unlimited. How many bombs have I got? Three. You're like, let's see how far I can get on the bullets. I'll save pretty well. Doing pretty well. Okay, I'm kind of in a corner. Bomb. I won. You think Thor could only do that a few times? And he had an energy bar. Maybe he was just like, I wonder how much I can do with. <laughs> okay, true that, true that, yeah. My I'll... record to date, I've got through seven heads in one throw. <laughs> That's true. I didn't mind that. It, it felt, um, I was worried at the start that it was going to be that sort of movie, like Space Knights, Judge Dredd in um, the Emerald City, but uh, it, went, <laughs> it went to Earth. And Thor's a fucking dick. <laughs> and that saved it. Because I was looking for that. I was looking for a bit of Iron Man comedy. It's not the next Iron Man. I don't know who was running around saying that. Me. <laughs> but it's damn good. It's damn good when he gets to Earth and he's smashing cups and demanding horses. And, and I mean, it gets a bit sappy. And the whole brother and dad thing. They need that in comic books. I, I forgive him that. Not enough action. The action was a bit fake. Like, Iron Man had some real punchy weight to it and so forth. The armor in Iron Man felt real. The CG felt expensive. This just had matte backgrounds and terrible what about CG. The, what about the action when he was running through the base, trying to have his first tug on the hammer? I'll get to that in a second. But firstly, back to the CG. Like You could tell at one stage they do a big fight. The camera swoops were always fast and, and dark enough to miss everything so they didn't have to worry about it. That's always a mark of when they can't afford it. They have the camera, they have a, like a wide shot showing all the action, but then just as the two sides would combat, the camera rushes in to sort of only fit from the elbow to the shoulder doesn't show heads and, and just like shows swords and arms moving super fast with nothing behind it so they don't have to worry about animating more than yeah, it was it's barely done but anyway at one stage they pull out and there's like two army lines opposing and they've used they've used that software that Weta developed for giant crowds but like a beta version terrible like each crowd is the same person <laughs> imitated like copy paste ding, 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 ding. 17 soldiers all the same and did it have that in the credits copy paste artist <laughs> it was terrible when they all moved forward it was like all with the same animation like the Lord of the Rings should spend ages on that and each one was different even though it was all controlled by it looked a bit bad but I forgave it all that now as when he runs in that base it was bad and I, I forgave it but they kept on going on about it as if you know the shield agent what's his name how'd you get into our base how'd you get past our men the way you moved was incredible no it wasn't he was running around shoulder barging people and it was terrible. He didn't have any moves. And the interrogation is weak as. What's your name? I'm not giving you a chance to answer. We'll get what we want anyway. Anyway, this is what's going to happen to you. The interrogation was weak. The movie was right. I thought it was two movies. It was a terrible gay, space movie. Heaven space movie. Yeah. That you know, was just boring as fuck. Because I, I, I didn't know the mythology. Like when they run on that rainbow bridge at the start, they don't really explain it, but they do zoom in on the horse. Okay, stop. Just... Anyone that hasn't seen this, when they're running on the rainbow bridge <laughs> with the horses, do you want to see this film? Yeah, but Stellan Skarsgård shows us like a picture from a Norse mythology book, and it's actually, it was rainbow bright animation. <laughs> there was actually like a pretty, brightly coloured, primary coloured rainbow in a curve. That's what it's meant to look like, so that, that's their adaption. It was meant to be a rainbow bridge. They're meant to run on rainbows, and this is... So Kenneth Branagh, directed by, decides to do like a weird trippy stone, sparkly stone bridge. Either way, they could have cut all that out. <laughs> I reckon Kenneth Branagh went in and said, look, this is what I want to do with Thor. Shakespeare in space. And they were, they were like, what are you talking about? We're not going to make Thor. What a terrible movie they'll make. And he's like, no, no, seriously. Here's what I want to do. I want to do Shakespeare in space. Like, that's real shit. Can't you do some action and stuff? Okay, watch this. He falls to Earth and there's Nellie Portman. Can I make the movie then? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's all right. Natalie Portman being super cute and quirky and she really wasn't in it that much. I've never seen her sidelined that much before. Yeah, 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 exactly. But the Frost Giants took up so much time. Yeah. They were probably my major downfall with the film. No, oh, just anything in space was really kind of boring. But this is sort of backhanded compliment. I like that gatekeeper. But much like I liked large chunks of both Hulk movies, but the overall they failed. I but they had like that. two half hours of awesome. Yeah. This was the same. I reckon once Thor hit Earth and became kind of jokey. And yeah. That was a it cool. kind of became real cool, man. It got the Iron Man. I thought humor. it was real cool. And I got to say... That dude, because I was just like, this is going to be dumb. He looks terrible. In the trailer, she's like, burr, burr. he's from Melbourne. I've never fucking heard of him. He looks like an eight-foot surfer. buff, <laughs> cut, and what a douche. I'm totally turned around, man. He was awesome. He was a really good actor. He was cut to fucking, I don't even know another actor that's cut like that. And he can act. He was charming and delivered all his punchlines. And I thought all of her stuff was awesome. Yeah. They just got to get rid of those tinfoil outfits, cut out all the space bullshit. Yeah. I was pretty impressed with large chunks of it. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How cool was Anthony Hopkins appearing on that horse? Smash cut, flash, boom! <laughs> that was awesome. How do you travel? Sideways? So I arrive in profile. Like, that's in his contract. <laughs> I loved his little detailed eye patch thing. Yeah, that shit was going on. How was the staying there? <laughs> Loki, Loki's weird little devil helmet. Oh, look, every uniform and the whole fucking thing was... I just had so much trouble getting past them. They were fucking Judge Dredd, man. They were terrible. They looked like they were molded from a single-sheet plastic to be sold at the Toy World with one of those face masks with a rubber band elastic bit that goes from behind the ears. Absolutely. They couldn't have made them look any better. And they're, they're horrible. If that's sh- the look you, you were going for, that's the best you could do. But why would you go for that look? Terrible. Yeah. Everything was shiny and clinical and horrible. I would have been wrapped if I was Thor to be get tossed to Earth. Because holy yeah, shit, jeans and we got like dirt, <laughs> jeans, <Yeah>. fucking shops. <laughs> it looks so boring up there. Yeah, man, absolutely. I concur. The architecture and like at one stage it shows a scene of them relaxing and they're all sitting on hard diamond chairs, prickly as. <laughs> One dude's having a bit of a feed because he's the big one. The <laughs> big one that ate too much. The big one that ate too much. <laughs> the chick one, the nah. knife one, the <laughs> dagger one. Asano was in it for no particular reason. He was even difficult to understand. Mm. Like, I would have thought they would have gone, hey, we should mix this up a bit. Let's fucking diversify people. Let's get, <laughs> let's get an Asian in here. They would, I would have tried him out for two takes and just gone, whoa, what's he saying? Maybe I was expecting more from it. It came out a little bit less than what I wanted. It came out more than I wanted. I was going to hate every moment of it. I actually enjoyed probably 40% of it. Mm. And you got Stellan Skarsgård, Natalie Portman. I like their little sidekick, the little Saki bitch. Yeah, yeah, she was good. Um, and the dude, Thor. Don't, you, you, you loved when he smashed that coffee cup down, right? That was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, that was great, yeah. yeah. So when the four of them were there and those four were interacting, I was all over the film. Good call. Question, did you see Jeremy Renner in there for three seconds? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the. He's obviously going to be the next one. He's obviously going to be the magic. For five seconds. Yeah, but not a special sniper with a bow and arrow. So I guarantee. Well, he must be part of the Avengers or something. Wow, we're not nerds enough that we don't know this stuff. He played Clint Barton slash Hawkeye. That's MASH. (laughs) Oh, we'll get in trouble with copyright. And he's got coming up the Avengers. Fuck, we're good. He's a bow and arrow ponce with purple outfit. Well, they all had fucking gay outfits. What else we seen? That's enough of uh, Tron. I mean, Thor. Is it? Is it? Well, is it? Mr. Is it? Notes? Mr. Takes This Seriously? 
No, what are you going to do? Another year? We saw another year, the new Mike Lee film. You all know Mike Lee. What's British kitchen sink drama? Because <laughs> that's what someone called it. Mike Lee completes another one of his British kitchen sink dramas. Does he? <laughs> is it a lot of time spent filming couples in kitchen sinks, or is this just a moniker applied to this one, trying to be funny? <laughs> Not moniker for friends. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I haven't seen... I've seen Vera Drake before, but I didn't pay much attention at the time. This guy's got a lot of these English drama things that are apparently amazing that I've never seen. Happy Go Lucky, Secrets and Lies, All or Nothing. He's, he's sort of known for these things. I've never seen any of them other than Vera Drake. This is the only so one I've seen. Know, so I didn't know what to expect. I saw the trailer for this and it was good enough to make me go. That's because I seldom I see trailers and this was a great trailer. The film was awesome. The film was awesome. Yeah, what a um, little... Are we in agreement on the two films we've seen? I don't think there's going to be any disagreement in films. This This is unlike our... Unless you didn't like... Sucker Punch and We Are What We Are show last week. Yeah, no. If you don't like Yojimbo, I'm leaving. (laughs) We'll do that last in case I'm going to go. With black and white, fucking subtitles. (laughs) What's wrong with that dude? Can't he speak English? Yeah, yeah, bullshit. All the the houses look like sets. (laughs) Another year's about a, an old couple, older couple. Yeah. Um, Content and safe in their jobs. They've got a pretty fucking cool, sweet life. They work at the local garden and they, they're just so happily fucking married. It's, it's really is beautiful. All, all allotment, um, bro. Allotment. There you go. It's a year in the life of them, this, the seasons they go through, uh, with the people that surround them. All the drama comes from the people that surround them. And the people are uh, some workmates, the son. She's got a bit of a batty friend. There's uh, The mate's got a friend down the thing there's a, a brother-in-law or a brother turns up and a, and a nephew later yeah, oh, oh. yeah, yeah casting yeah. was um, superb yeah Melba Staunton starts off right at the very beginning she's a grumpy old lady who can't sleep at the doctor's office she yeah, was she, is. she was hell. stunning but she, she really didn't come into it but everyone else did reoccur over mm. and over and they're all sort of damaged in some way or another just trying to survive sort of thing or most of them fucking alcoholics or some shit Broadbent was the most normal yeah, he was. The film was really stolen, I think, by Leslie Manville playing Mary. Oh, and her little red car. She was insanely good. She had a dialogue to crank to 11 the whole time, man. She was acting her ass off. I yeah. hope she's acting her ass off, otherwise she's the most annoying person on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> she's managed to compile all the most annoying bits of my mum's friends. Of your mum's friends. <laughs> every annoying auntie, every mad you've seen doing the dishes on some TV show, every... Oh, my God, it was great. She would prattle on and on. It was... Une- she barely breathed. She would just... Rant. She was insecure. She was a bundle of nerves. She was just horrible. Drunkard. There was losing her looks. Single. Mid-50s, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Desperate this, desperate that. Mid-50s, single, alone, lonely as fuck, <laughs> Pretty much crazy. She's spoken cliches, phrases. All veiled um, politeness. Hello, Mary. Oh, hello. How are you? Do you want a cup of tea? Oh, yes, I would Everyone said everyone's name at the end of Constantly. every sentence. Isn't that right, Mary? <laughs> oh, it is right, Mary. Oh, do you want a cup of tea, Mary? Oh, I tell you what, I would love a cup of tea, Mary. Mary, Barbara, Deirdre. What were their names? Doesn't matter. We're not mocking it. It was fantastic. Tom and Jerry, I think, it's pretty memorable. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Hello, Mary. Hello, Jerry. Where's Tom? Hello, Tom. How you going? You staying for tea, Mary? Yeah, I am, Jerry. Oh, thanks, Tom. Oh, okay, Mary. Well, me and Tom about to have a glass of wine. He was all right, didn't Joe? I like Joe. Who's going to see this? I'll recommend this to my auntie, actually. Oh, my mum. My mum would like this. Well, actually, my mum didn't like Happy Go Lucky, the one that came before it. 
Where'd she see it from? Where'd well, she Sally Hawkins. Uh, DVD. They gave me a copy, actually. Uh, what did you copy? DVDs? What are you doing there? They lent you theirs. All right, they lent Yeah, my mum lent me, lent me a DVD. I should download it. Yeah, this film wasn't really so much about plot. It kept skipping months. Not skipping, not like all over the place. But did like quarter of the film was one month. Quarter of the film would have jumped to another month. Blah, blah, blah. But all of them had the, the main couple, Jim Broadbent and Rusheen. Beautiful, beautiful couple. Leslie Manville as Mary, ruining their fucking lives. Their house and, and their lot was nearly a bloody third character. That house yeah. was a really quirky house. And they were in different parts every time. They'd have a kitchen thing, then they'd be on the lounge the next. After the funeral, it was set in two lounges. But like in summer, it was set in golf courses and barbecues outside. And then in spring, it was set like garden in the oh, front of the, at the front of the house. I thought so. I was like, we keep seeing this entire house. This is awesome. Next to in a conservatory we haven't seen here at the bank. Don't think you reckon this is a hard movie to sell? Like when you just go, oh my God, every month we saw a different room. You should see this movie. It's impossible. That sounds terrible. It's impossible to advertise. This is only for Rialto. But seriously, you guys got to see this film. It was it was beautifully observed. The characters were amazing. The actors were were incredible. Ken gulping that wine. He's fucking drinking John Smith's oh. extra smooth on the train with his tomato sauce crisps and stuff. God, but that was good. <laughs> when he's gulping down that wine and they're, they're talking to him and he's not even really replying. He's just... He's just concentrating on drinking and breathing. <laughs> and actually, no, he's training breathing for drinking because he's, <laughs> he's taking big gas in there between. So, gulp, 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 He was a brilliant drunk. Mary was a brilliant drunk as well. Then you got um, Carl, the, the fucking aggro nephew. He storms in and switches everything up. Yeah. What I really liked about Carl's scene was everything was coloured differently, very dark greys and shit like that flat was very dark but also it brought out shit in the characters we already knew which I thought was a genius move and so you already knew Tom from all the previous seasons but now you see him as now you see, yeah he's the man of the family he's in protection mode he's protecting his wife he's standing up for his brother older brother you know he's battling his nephew you know even at the funeral you know he was just introducing himself to people and going have you got a ride and stuff and you're just like we're seeing all aspects of the character. Yeah, it was very good. It was it's really, still not good. selling it, but man. I really <laughs> like Carl when he turns to those ladies or something. Don't fear you have to stick around, Duck. Oh, that's the one. <laughs> oh, my stick off. No, don't blame me. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. All right, we're off. Good. Yeah, that guy did shake it up. Mm. Look, it doesn't start anywhere. It doesn't really go anywhere, but it's just a bunch of amazing scenes from yeah. some amazingly small lives. Beautiful from start to finish. Loved it. Another year, Mike Lee. Definitely go and find this DVD, DVD or uh, Cedar Rialto before it disappears. You got ages actually, probably. It'll hang around. They went up to Hull. That's awesome. We marched from Hull. That was kind of cool. <laughs> I've been there. Platoon. Platoon, no, like uh, Anzac Day. So, you know, we felt all patriotic and shit. That's exactly what we did. War. Huh. Good God, <laughs> yeah. Platoon was fantastic. At Academy. I loved it. I love Platoon. It's quite deep for a war film. Really? You found it quite deep? I've spent most of my life avoiding war films. I didn't like them, as a rule. Yeah. I went as far as Commando. Now, I'm sort of playing a bit of catch-up. We're about to watch Lawrence of Arabia, man, so... Fucking so far, yourself. I've done um, Full Metal Jacket. Great. Apocalypse Now. Magic. The Thin Red Line. It's very special. This is about as far as I got. They're all quite wafty. Yep. They don't really have a major point. They all just kind of drift through... It's atmosphere, it's cameo-filled, but there's too many characters to make it a proper story. 
What I loved about Platoon, which I saw when it came out, didn't yeah. enjoy it. Now I've re-seen it after fucking 20 years or something. It had a real strong story, man. Willem Dafoe versus Tom Berenger. Yeah. It was exciting. And it was like a C-3PO or something. It was told from outside of the main conflict. So Charlie was our guide through the film. He was out in. Charlie yeah. Sheen, for those of you who haven't seen it. Spoiler alert, Charlie Sheen goes crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Winning. <laughs> and he observes these two... I don't know who's the boss. One was like... Beringer was Star Sergeant and uh, Elias was Sergeant. Beringer was boss. Charlie observed their struggle and had to choose sides like we did. And that's what really drew me into this thing. Fucking loved it. Yeah. Even before the story started, I, I was enjoying the shit out of... My favourite scene in the whole thing was when he past his shift over to Junior or whatever. Oh, yeah. And he goes to sleep. And he wakes up and he sees those... Those shadows move. I would have reacted exactly the I same. think they turned his heartbeat up as well. Just on yeah, the yeah, that's right. Duh, you duh, just can duh, hear duh. Everything was wet, misty as shit. It's four in the morning. He's awake when he shouldn't be. The guy who was supposed to be on point has fallen asleep. On, he has got duty. a weapon. On point when you walk in front of Sorry. a patrol. Sorry, military men who listen to this. Hit it right, bro. We play COD. Actually, hit we're very big in Iraq right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is going out to Green Base. <laughs> Armadillo. Restrepo. He sits there and he watches them approach. And these um, Vietnamese are like approaching slowly. Don't realise this encampment's there. He's just sitting there staring wide-eyed under his hood, not knowing what the fuck to do. I'm sitting there watching, just going, just sit still. Maybe that will My heartbeat was as big as Charlie Sheen. I love that scene. Yeah. More than the scene on the poster, the famous scene, Willem Dafoe doing this. Did you see the Wikipedia article? No. I read it and it had a thing saying there's a painting of a World War II soldier dying like that with his hands up. And he managed to get the Willem Dafoe scene to look exactly like it. If you just go oh, Platoon, much. yeah, Platoon Wiki, it'll have it as one of the things right now. I really, really enjoyed Platoon. Not even just for the cameo spotting. Like you watch um, Thin Red Line, and you Thin just, Red Line, you, you're just fucking spotting shocker though. John Travolta and George Clooney all over the shit. But this one was the same. You had Johnny Depp as the translator. I've never heard Johnny Depp speak Vietnamese before. It was awesome. Forrest Whitaker, Matt Dillon's little bro, son of. Anthony Quinn. Francesco Quinn or something. Anyway, Anthony Quinn's kid. Tony Todd was in there, Candyman. Keith David, the voice of Goliath from Gargoyles. Yeah, yeah. He was awesome, man. Anyway. Hang on, no, 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 there's one more, there's one more. O'Reilly or whatever the hell, the other snivelly sergeant from Scrubs, the bad doctor. Mm. John C. Dr. Cox. Yeah. Yep. He, he was pretty good. What he say, Bob? He was Barb? great, man. What he say, Bob? <laughs> he was the same level as, as Elias, and Bob was there. Ah. But one didn't take shit. And the captain, the wheezy little captain. What a good film though. The village scene when village Elias scene. and Tom Berger first come to a head. Oh, what the hell was his name? Slade or something like that? No, not. It's already been an awesome scene with Charlie Sheen really witnessing death. Fucking Matt Dillon's little brother. Kevin Dillon, sorry. Bunny. I'll start calling him. Oh, you bunny, that'll do. He goes psycho. Charlie Sheen's having trouble dealing with it. Everyone's having trouble dealing with it. Then Willem Dafoe and Tom Berenger face off. It gets all fucking rugged and shit. That was intense. Yeah, man. Then there's the end scene when they're in the foxhole and the dude wants to run. He's Tom Berenger's got the rock and then the bomb and everything's white. So many good bits in this movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's its 25th anniversary. They've actually got no chance to see it. We're not even no really helping them out with this. This is You'd have to go and get this on DVD. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This is what we saw this week. Yeah. It's not the only classic we saw. Oh, is that a segue? Nice bro. Yo Jimbo. 
Or do you say Kurosawa Akira-san's Yojimbo? <laughs> or do you say Yojimbo that was turned into A Fistful of Dollars starring Clint Eastwood? Or do you say Yojimbo that was turned into Last Man Standing starring Bruce Willis? Or do you say Yojimbo that was turned into Sukiyaki West and Django? Oh man, it was a special film. Maybe I've seen it once before or twice before, but 10 years ago, the most recent watching. So, phew, she was good. To me, I think it doesn't matter how many times you've seen it before. Seeing this on the big screen, in that atmosphere, when you're concentrating, just it sort of blows all other movies away. This thing is, it's really tricky to not say, I think this is my favourite movie ever. I loved every second of it. Toshiro Mifune, his character in this, Sanjiro, is maybe the coolest character ever. Better than Takashi Kitano playing a school teacher in Battle Royale. It was close, but... It was incredible. I'd love to see footage of him, like, at a party in Tokyo in 1959 or whatever it was. Like, when was this made? 1960? So imagine seeing, like, a photo of... Or just, like, even him at the premiere, like, like some newsreel footage of him at the premiere, to see what he was dressed like in normal. Because I can't picture him not being Yojimbo. <laughs> yeah, His yeah, beard right. progressed nicely. Like, the whole thing takes course, like, over a week or so. And at the end of the week, he's got, a, like, a week-long beard. It's just... It's all perfect. When he climbs up that bamboo tower... It shakes and the sets were all great. The shutter slamming, the and the gun coming out of the sleeve. Fucking weird actor, the little round faced, buck teethed, bad guy. He was one of the Seven Samurai as well. That guy, he doesn't act like that. If you've seen him in Seven Samurai, he's natural as fuck. I don't know why he was pulling that funny face in this. I had, I have a theory. You, I should probably ask a historian. They'd probably know. Yeah, you know, yeah. Turn around and ask. Oh, a hundred dollar historian. Why he was doing that. I wonder if it was Kurosawa playing on Mifune's naturalism that he theatricalized the fuck out of everyone else. The officer in the town, and he'd skip out and do that little chuckle or whatever. Yeah, and bang come out. time bricks. The guy with the gun was always like big, massive eyes and like pulling those faces. The guy who ran the tavern, his frown was like so deep. Everyone was acting like they're on stage. Yeah. And then Mifune stumbles in. Who's just a slouch, scratching, yawning, fucking yeah. stretching, eating his rice. I've seen Mifune in a few different roles now because I'm much more um, elite and cultural than yourself. Yeah, yeah. He was a nerdy businessman in The Bad Sleep Well. He was a rookie cop with a cheese cutter in Stray Dog. My favourites are Yojimbo, The Hidden Fortress, and Seven Samurai. I'm pretty sure it's everyone's favourite. But in those ones, he sort of plays the same character, or he plays some form of kimono wearing samurai. Yep. So it was everyone else's performance in this film to highlight Mifune's? Who knows? Historians? Kurosawa studied specialists. Oh, by the way, if anyone hasn't seen <laughs> Yo Jimbo, or, or Last Man Standing, or A Fistful of Dollars, or Django, or I read on Wiki There's Lucky Number Slim. But if you haven't seen it, the story is basically he's this uh, lone samurai who wanders into town, and it's this town that's like torn in two by these two gangs. The gang on either side of the town that are warring, each of them are like recruiting crooks and villains galore. Each of them are going to overtake the other one. He comes in, he sees what a shithole this town is, he decides to stick around and stir some shit up. And he plays them off and he does all clever tricks and shit. Pretty fun. My favourite shot is he's playing the two gangs off against one another. Yep. He tricks them into thinking they're going to have a fight. Then he fucks off. He climbs the bell tower. He's sitting at the top of the bell tower. 
There's one shot when the two gangs come in on the bottom oh. corners. They run, stop, retreat. Both gangs are shit scared of one another. Because they're holding really sharp swords. <laughs> yeah. And so they come in and they're encroaching on either corner of the bottom corner of the screen. Yeah. The two gangs both nervously like, ah, so the whole going to go first? The screen is one big, super wide shot of Main Street. Yeah. And they're hemmed in by buildings and they're like, yeah. yeah. But just in the corner, in the left corner, you see one gang approaching in. Yeah. Like just a few of them nervously stepping in. In the right corner, you got a few of them <laughs> stepping in, going, oh, closer, should I drop my chance? In the center, you've got the bell tower going well above the rest of the town. And with the bell at the top, and Tashiro Mifune playing Sanjiro, sitting at the top, laughing his ass off yeah. at these fucking idiots. Can movies get better than that? There we go, gosh, gosh, gosh. Just yeah. fucking see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll get an opportunity to see Platoon. One day it'll be uh, 10.30 on TV too. But um, for, for Yo Jimbo, you need to make an effort to go and read that saga. And please do. Yeah. Shelter, I want to tell you about a movie I saw. This is going to take three or four minutes. I'm dragging it out. It's going to take quite a quarter of an hour. <laughs> ah. yeah, actually, this could be fun. So you saw Arthur the Rabbit. I see it. I see what you did there. I saw Hop. No, a bit more credit for Arthur the Rabbit, man. Arthur the Rabbit. <laughs> I want to tell you, spoiler alert, by the way, we didn't do a spoiler alert at the start. I'm going to spoil the shit out of this because by the end of this, nobody's going to see this movie. Here's a question. Would Ozzy Mike, who just got that spoiler alert, go to this? Name some people you know that would go to this because we all know you're, I'm doing quotes here, audience, special, and see everything. For those of you who don't know, I am A, a lover of all films, regardless of genre. None of these are negatives. B, Unemployed from regular work, so I have the time to see whatever I want. And see an animator, so pay particular attention to animated films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, do you know anyone? Just do, like, do you know anyone? No, I don't. You didn't read online, your eye wasn't like, oh, I saw that. No. What did the trailer, what did the poster lend you thinking this year was aimed at? Kids from hell to hell, judging by the trailer or the poster. This is one of those genres I have real trouble telling. Like, for example, to me, they look like CG kids' films, right? Shrek, I fucking hated. Wall-E was my best film of the year. Robots? Ian McGregor voiced one of those, right? That yeah. was fucking terrible. Incredibles? I fucking worship. How to Train Your Dragon? I thought, I think it's going to be bad, I'll skip it. Turns, Turns out I was wrong, and I'm regretting it to this day. Have you seen it yet? No. So word on the street is you were wrong. Yeah, all the right corners are saying I really should have seen it when I had the chance. Well, I saw the trailer somehow. Look good. I have just no way to judge these things. Okay. So, what I've got is a plan. You want to hear my plan? Sure. I'll see all of them. Yeah, that's a good plan. I can tell which ones are definitely going to be shit. I didn't see Beverly Hills Chihuahua. I didn't see <laughs> Megamind. Yeah. But, you know, Monsters vs. Aliens was actually really, really good. Bolt. The hamster and the... It was a hamster and a puppy. Voiced by John Travolta and Miley Cyrus. Wow, that's all weird. Brad Ratatouille is meant to be awesome. Brad Ratatouille is Pixar. I heard good things about it. Pixar, you don't have to think about it. Cars. Okay, they've done like 12. Did they One do, of them was bad. Did they do Kung Fu Panda? No, DreamWorks. They tried to be Pixar though, right? And if you turn the sound down, Kung Fu Panda was awesome. Off, I mean, turn the sound off. <laughs> Dark Side of the Panda. <laughs> Pixar is a Toy Story trilogy. Incredible. Love, love Monsters, Inc. Enjoyed Finding Nemo. Loved Bugs the Toy Stories. Finding Nemo. All he was good. Up was alright. And Cars. I'll leave Cars alone because we'll rip apart Cars 2. Well, you'll rip apart Cars 2 for me when you go and see it. I'm already hating on it, but yeah, I'll see it. Anyway. Nice. So you go and see... So I went into a hop. I couldn't tell. It okay. looked terrible. 
It's a grunge-looking Easter bunny. Give us atmosphere. Give us what time of the day. Where'd you go? Who was oh, in the screen? Don't, don't, don't worry. Were I'm prayer? taking you through this whole thing. <laughs> Actually, fuck four minutes. Do you know what? I'm cutting the rest of the show out. Go, go. Is it raining? That's important. Start with that. <laughs> Start with if it's raining. It wasn't. Tuesday, it was Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday after Easter. Cheap Tuesday. I was meeting you for a double feature in the evening. Uh, Yo Jimbo and another year. What a feature. <laughs> Damn straight. We're fucking awesome. <laughs> I thought before I meet up with Corey, Corey's doing that, um, what are you, uh, work. Corey's doing work. Sweet. I'm going to sneak in and see this animated thing that I don't know a single other soul that would be interested in seeing. This. Directed by anybody? No, however, it's getting a lot of shout-out tweets. DreamWorks, Disney, or who? You know what, I don't even know. Okay. It's getting a lot of shout-out tweets from Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier because one of the writing team was a, a viewers universer. He was one of those guys who got brought up under the wing of the Kevin Smith That's family. Cool, that's cool. It's got Russell Brand in the lead and Hugh Laurie's playing his father. Oh, that's cool. So I'm thinking, okay, this thing might have... But from my opinion, from the Americans, it sounds like a movie made... don't know why they're using British, but they're using South Americans. Oh, we're using that guy from House and that the funny rock star one. He's in something... Elder Snow from Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Getting to the Greek. Yeah, Elder Snow. And he's in something else as well, isn't he? Arthur. So, is it raining? It's not raining. Okay. So I go to the, the rocket ship by myself. Queen Street event. What time? It starts. Oh fuck off! Can I start the story? Okay, but I need all these details. It's it... like four p.m. or something. Oh okay, okay. So school's out. Moving along. This thing starts off in total kids' land. If you weren't sure by the trailers, if you weren't sure by the posters, basically it's a teenage Easter bunny, and his dad, the real Easter bunny, is about to pass on the thing. Son, you're about to be the new Easter Bunny. Have you got a speech ready? And he's like, look, Dad, I've got, I've got real dreams. I want to do other things. Maybe I want to be a rock be, star. I want to be a rock star. They live on Easter Island. Really? Which is run by chicks. Little yellow fluffy chicks. And it's a big Willy Wonka factory. And they make Easter eggs on conveyor belts. And there's fucking candy waterfalls. And it's big. It's a chocolate factory. Yeah, right? okay. Yeah. Right. Chocolate waterfalls. Very kiddie. Oh, man. I took a chance. And failed miserably. I came to the wrong movie. This is for like preschoolers. Who was in the audience? I was 30 seconds late, so I didn't have any lights time. But you didn't hear babies crying? You didn't hear. Um... No, I didn't hear babies. So you got 10 minutes, right? In kiddie CG land. Oh, yeah. He runs away from home. He takes a secret Easter Island portal. Yep. He comes up in Hollywood because he wants to be a drummer. Yeah, that makes sense. When he gets to Hollywood, it's human beings. From the trailer, I didn't realise that was what. But he's still a rabbit, like Roger Rabbit, or he, I mean, a bunny yeah, he's like Roger Rabbit, Yogi Bear, Garfield, okay. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, yeah. CGI, squishy, bulgy-eyed cartoon characters yeah. with humans. Yeah, he's homeless, right? He, he turns up in Hollywood. He wants to be a rock drummer. Yeah. First thing he does, he wanders around the city looking for somewhere to stay. Every rose has its thorn. Just playing in the background. Every rose which is has it's pretty hip these days, isn't it? Is oh. that what the kids are listening to? Yeah, man. It's uh, his revival week here on... Uh... <laughs> right. He looks at a Hollywood map of the stars. I know where I can go. And he goes somewhere to try and find residents, somewhere to stay in Hollywood. Just for the sake of the audience, I'll give you a guess where he goes. Kid movie, remember? Uh, no idea, bro. Candy waterfalls, fluffy little chicks. Britney Spears. He goes to try and convince Hugh Hefner that he's a sexy bunny and he needs to stay in the mansion. Right, kids love that shit, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Playboy bunny. I get it. Sexual innuendo right. in kids' films, where it's yeah. at. So, that doesn't work. He definitely won't take him in. Then we cut to the human life. Um, Cyclops. What's that guy's name? Who's Cyclops? X-Men. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yep, anyway, okay. Cyclops 
comes home, he has a family intervention. He's having family dinner, and his family all pull out a speech and give him 10 reasons each why they think he's a loser and he should fuck off. Good for the kids. Uh, his little sister even says, I'm pretty sure this family adopted me because they were disappointed with you. So they chuck him out saying, you can't keep a job, you're a bit of a dick, can you fuck off please? Pretty, so that's depressing. Bit of an uptight family. So he takes off, he runs over the bunny. Asshole. He jumps out, the bunny's in pain, grabs a rock to smash his head and put it out of his misery. I'm loving it. Oh, maybe I won't spoil the ending. Maybe we should go and watch it. Does he smash his brains out? <laughs> Who is this movie for? What the fuck, man? So, so whatever. It's good Charlotte playing the background. Anyway, they become great mates. They move in. They play fucking Guitar Hero. The bunny shits jelly beans. Wow. That's a whole film. The bunny's trying to follow his dream. And the dude's trying to get a job. Uh, he goes for a job at a computer game company. And talentless cunt Chelsea Handler plays the boss. <laughs> that was an in-joke. don't know if any of you listened to Hollywood Babylon with Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith. Anyway, back on the island, there's a coup. The chicks decide to take over Easter while the Easter Bunny's away. Fuckers. But, you know what? I'm going to skip the rest of the movie. <laughs> Let me ruin the ending. I've got to get to this ending. So, does everyone understand the bunny is a drummer? Yeah. He's in Hollywood. He meets David Hasselhoff. He goes to the show um, Hoff Knows Talent or something. And he does his big drum routine. So all of it is very focused on what a great drummer this bunny is. He does. Uh, he plays a cover of Higher Ground with the Blind Boys of Alabama. And there's a, anyway. So the bunnies get him. Sorry, the Pink Berets get him. Bring him back to Easter Island, right? Where the chicks have thrown this coup and they're now in control. <laughs> Bunny's stuck in amongst these crates. What's he going to do? The baddies are taking off in their magic sled. It's like a Santa sled, but it's an Easter sled. As the sled's leaving, it's controlled by, what do you call those, like, air marshal wands, like glowing... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, the plane should go this way. The plane should... Yeah, the flagmen, or whatever they are. Flagmen. Let's call them flagmen. Drumming Bunny starts drumming on the crates he's placed in between. I'm just going to randomly bang these crates and create an awesome beat. The chick, with them wands... Can't help but dance. Can't help but dance. The sleigh can't get out of the room and crashes and the goodies win. He drummed on some crates and that defeated the baddie. Did the, I just watched this whole movie spend its time building up that he was a drummer for this end gag? Was that what I just saw? Yeah. <laughs> That's the very end. Then he tells you, Laurie, you know what? I will become an Easter Bunny, but I can't do it alone. And so Cyclops becomes the Easter Bunny. He moves. And his dad's very proud of him. He moves to Toonsville. To Easter Island. That wasn't four minutes. Sorry, that was... That sounds terrible, bro. Well, shit happened, though. I just railroaded the whole show. That was fascinating stuff. Yeah. How bad that was. I'm glad I missed it, actually. It sounds pretty terrible. You... Well, I mean, I've got to see Hop or Cars 2 or Kung Fu Panda 2. I've got to watch one of those. <sighs> just so that if me and Nigel have a fuck animated kids films are terrible, I've got some real good vitriol to spew forth at him. <laughs> <laughs> However, I'm probably... I'm not going to miss all of them. And so, yes, I'm equally glad I missed Hop. So, go for it. One we didn't um, plan on reviewing this week, but we snuck it in. Because of time control. Yep. Um, Keep going. No, that's it. <laughs> Talking to the Time Lords can wait. The Lost Bladesman. Welcome to your Lost Bladesman surprise review. I can sum it up. It redeemed Chinese films for this <laughs> Donnie Yen slashes his way through China hundreds of years ago in order to get his boss's new bride back to him, while every general along the way has been told to take him down. That's exactly right. I fucked it up last week. I didn't say new bride. I said spouses. I thought he took that whole gang along with it. From reading the write-up, I thought, remember there was three chicks at the beginning? Yeah. 
Anyway, Donnie Yen. World's yeah. biggest sword. I didn't really... Donnie Yen was all good. His fighting was great, though. I loved Martin Lawrence. Jiang um, <laughs> Wen. He's got a bandana on, and his ears are poking out, and there's a dozen scenes in Bad Boys 2 where he's got his bandana on and his ears are poking out. He looks exactly like him. Is that right? Oh, yeah, man. I, when I saw him, I was like, I love this guy. This guy's my favourite. Because I, I went along to watch a Donnie Yen film. Yeah. I loved Donnie Yen. He was Chen Zhen. He was Iron Monkey. He was Ip Man. He's the fastest fucking fist in the thing with no tricks or anything. He just point a camera at him and watch him amaze you. Right. right. So I was going along to see that. This wasn't a fight film, by the way. No. If you're going along to see a martial arts epic starring Donnie Yen, pick another one. This isn't the one. Yeah, this is a Chinese historical film. Donnie Yen wasn't terrible. No, he wasn't. He was fine. But it was this other guy, Martin Lawrence. Yeah, uh, Jiang, Jiang Wen. I don't know. As soon as he came on screen, I was like, I love his face. He's going to be the best actor in this. Holy shit, he was. Yeah, he totally he was, was right from the start as well. That film to pieces. And I like the way he was cleverer than everyone else as well. No, you dicks. We're going to do it because of this, because I'm. I've seen two of his films before The Missing Gun. No, never He's a cop who goes to like his sister's wedding or something. And he wakes up totally fucked off his head in the morning, like hungover this shit. With his gun missing? And his gun's missing. And it's about him. He goes and resigns, but then does a secret investigation trying to find... And his gun gets used in a murder. In a murder. Uh, and another one, uh, The Devil's on the Doorstep. It's a great film about um, some Chinese guys capturing some Japanese guys. And the translator sucks. And they can't... There's mixed messages and the, but the whole war going on. Sorry, so the other way around. It's the Japanese occupation of China. China. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was 2000, um, black and white. And it was written, directed, produced, and acted. Martin Lawrence. Yeah, he's really awesome, cool. bro. He's really a cool. cinema legend, I decided. Yeah, he was the best part about that. He was noble and he had good character traits and all the good looks and all the good lines and shit like that. And, mm. But the film itself, there was some good fighting scenes. I like that giant weapon he carried, which we've obviously both wickied. I like What's the it called? Guangdong or something like that. But anyway, this thing is a fucking behemoth. It's a big curved blade on the end of a giant heavy pole with a weighted end the other end and he swings around in big dramatic curves it really does seem heavy though you're exactly right like yeah. the blade seems heavy and then it's a top a heavy fucking pole like I don't know how you can lift this thing well. yeah and you've got to keep the momentum going you know he swings around his neck sometimes he's doing all sorts of that sort of shit he smacks you with the side of it and he pushes you back 10 feet they did some really clever things like some, one fight is behind a closed door. When I first watched that, I was infuriated. I was like, you fucks. You looked at me during the screening and I thought, Corey's infuriated. Donnie Yen got surrounded by 30 dudes. Yeah. And then the camera like is trucking out. And you just think, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? How's he going to do this? And then it goes past the doors and the doors close. Yeah. And you have to watch the whole thing through this tiny gap in the doors. That pissed me off because I haven't seen any one of his fight films. You've been going on, oh, you should see Donnie Yen fight. He's it, man. He's the world's fastest thing. First half of the fights are with a giant pole. And I'm like, oh, I'm impressed by his giant pole skills. I'd love to see him do some kung fu. Second half of his film is a bit of one-on-one -on -one smoothness. And he's become quite an efficient killer. But in the middle is this epic fight against overwhelming numbers. And they fucking don't show it. Pricks. Yeah. That annoyed me personally because that was my one opportunity to see him fight like I wanted to. Initially, it was a slap in the face. Just like, are you seriously going to get out of it this easy? But it actually worked out really well. Yeah, I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't mind that, it when it finished. The mace smashed through the thing. But it only took you like five seconds of frustration before you go, oh, I see what they're doing. Oh, yeah. that's pretty clever. But he had like fights in the mist and in He had fights ways. in that narrow curved thing where the thing gets stuck in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. His pole was too big for the, the area he they was fighting in. had one in the dark. Like, yeah. There was a whole bunch of... He was one-on-one. -on -one, there was 
was 30 on one. There was a whole lot of different Yeah, and everybody things. was very, like, is it really worth dying to fight me? They're like, can't, can't defy the Emperor. Oh, boom, he kills him. Yeah, I liked that. But you're not impressed by I've never, yeah, no. realistic human. Like, if someone is the best dancer in the world. More specifically for fighting. I don't care about wrestling or martial arts or, or fighting or anything like that. So if someone's like, this is the world's greatest fighter, I'm like, he's the best at what I don't care about. However, when uh, Lee Mubai swings the, the Green Destiny in Crazy Dragon and Dragon, I'm well impressed by all the wire and shit going on. I'm impressed by the display. So if you're like, oh, check out this fist fighter, he's the world's greatest, there's no waifu, I'm like, who cares? Maybe if they'd added some wire, given him a sword and made him kick around, I'd find it mm. fascinating. And so you're like, no, said, pre- no, you're not appreciating. Young Fat up against Donnie Yen. Xiao Young Fat cannot do that in real life. Donnie Yen can. It makes no difference. Yeah, let's say there was a film with Chao Yun Fat and a sword versus Donnie Yen in his fist, and we both came out of a watch it, and you're like, oh man, it was awesome, except for the fact that they blatantly gave Chao Yun Fat a wire and a sword, otherwise he'd never be able to compete. I'd be like, whatever. In the film, he had a wire and a sword. It was much, yeah. Right. That was an awesome fight. You're like, yeah, but can you appreciate how Donnie Yen's doing it all because of his incredible training? I'm like, nope. I don't care what training the actor has to go through. He's not a fighter. He's an actor. Act for me. Which is why you, Do were, I care you that Bruce... impressed with Ong Bak. You've avoided um, chocolate, which I've been trying to thrust at you. For. I've never seen it. I watched Ong Bak and wasn't impressed. Yeah. Like, let's just say Bruce Willis is the world's greatest car driver, and they put him in films where he's got to do his own car driving stunts. I wouldn't appreciate it because I know they can do car stunts anyhow. Right. Does Steve McQueen impress you when he jumps that barbed wire fence in The Great Escape? Because he was a really good motorcyclist. You're asking the wrong person. Because, yes, I'd rather watch the making of and say, holy shit, he just did that. All right. I think I'm explaining that wrong. That doesn't care. I think we have a vast difference. I'm obsessed with watching people do things in real life. I mean, on on YouTube. Yeah. I love seeing things like, holy shit, I can't believe he actually did that. Whereas you don't have that bone in your body. I like Jackie Chan's early films, though, where he's hopping around Melbourne, (laughs) swinging ladders. That was kind of cool. Half his films with Australia-China co-productions. There's all Australian guys speaking Chinese dubbed back into English. <laughs> oh, no, it's all good fun. Okay. Remember those guys in Shaolin? Those British guys? Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> and what were they doing there? This didn't have any of that. This was all good. Told a nice, straightforward story. It was it was a bit too complicated. Maybe you'd followed through a bit better because you had the wiki article freshly stored. But I was Office all... up, I totally cheated. They did throw too much information at you. But it was basically Donnie Yen had surrendered unconditionally to Team B because his boss and Team A had been beaten. Yeah. That's what I loved about it. He wasn't really a prisoner. He was totally allowed to roam free in that... In, in the, the camp. Yeah, in that area. Like, he was a prisoner of those people, but he wasn't in ball and chain. He just wandered around, did his shit, but they're just like, you have to stay here, please. And then they were like, actually, you're really fucking cool. Can you help us? And he's like, no. No, you beat my boss. One day I'm going back to my boss. And then eventually they get to a stage where they're like, do you know what? You go, bro. You've done us heaps of favours. But when the other generals are like, I don't think we should let him go. It's too dangerous. Yeah. And then Sal Sal says something like, who could stop him? Yeah. Uh, that was said once or twice. <laughs> I like that. Who could stop him? Because he was quite wise. Sal Sal, the mm. boss, mm. Martin Lawrence. But the other yeah. generals don't listen. Attempt to so stop him. they send out um, these pigeons and tell all the generals. When I read it, I thought it was going to be like um, fucking the warriors. I thought it was going to be stages where Donnie Yen had to fight across different provinces to get back to home. It really wasn't like that. Why I like this film better than the other films, Shaolin, Noodle Shop, fucking... Butcher Shop. Butcher Shop. Why I like this better, it focused more on character and drama, and it was really a really good story. And it wasn't a fight film, it wasn't just a fucking Vista fest or whatever. I mean, it had cool shit, right? Yeah, it it had cool shit. Spear chuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Those dude. Underarm. Underarm spear shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. But it focused on relations. The only thing I didn't like, hairlines. Why the fuck can they not get those right? That was bizarre. Sideburns, mustaches, 
Come on. You can get special effects right, you can't get that right. Yeah, I liked it for the historical aspect, and there was enough fighting in it, and it was all quite realistic. There was no magic, there was no stupid comedy. It was good. Agreed. Predominantly Asian house, absolutely packed Asian house that saw it, and they were laughing at all sorts of things that were going completely over <laughs> our heads. Absolutely over our heads. There must be some strange translations that we don't catch. <laughs> So there we go, dudes. If you guys are looking for a pretty decent Asian film this week, you can't go past Lost Blazement. Pretty decent. Yeah, not bad. Uh, if you want a superhero comic book movie, this, the Thor's not too bad. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh does a good job. There you go. If you're looking English for a drama. fucking good English drama, another year, please. We, we, we totally recommend that. And um, They can always rent your Jimbo and Platoon. It's pretty fucking fantastic films. There you go. Don't take your kids to hop. Also, protest to hop screenings. Let them know. <laughs> Let them know there's no room for shit comedies. Don't see Hop, see Arthur. Or wait and see Your Highness. So yeah, that's also out. Out of all the ones that came out last week, I raced through six I was interested in last week. Yeah. Your Highness. This is like a medieval pineapple express. Danny McBride is the shit brother. James Franco is the cool brother. They go on a mission to save Zooey Deschanel. Natalie Portman jumps in with a... Bikini. I thought you were going to say thong. Shit, I don't know thong. That's an American thing to say. I'll tell you what, though. Everyone knows I had a lot of opinions of comedies and certainly don't waste my cinema dollar on seeing them. This is how good we think this is. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see this at the movie, so it must have That's pretty some good. good credentials. It must come from... But it's from the writers, producers, blah, blah, blah. Of a TV blah, show I love and a film He's bound down, yep. And Pine so, Express, exactly. Fingers crossed. With our favourite Oscar host. <laughs> Source Code's the other big one of the week. Definitely got to see that. We're going to see that double feature with Moon at Capital, but you don't have time when you hear this, so too bad. Corey loves Zoe Bowie. Uh, do, a couple I more, do. man. There's um, Babies came out this week. Documentary about the first year of four babies, one from Mongolia, one from Namibia, one from Tokyo, one from San Fran. That sounds terrible. I've seen the trailer. I can't wait. Yeah, it's meant to be pretty good. French director or something. Those things have worked been popular. The British have done them well. Here's someone we followed from one to five. Here's a family. Oh, the Seven Up series, yeah. Yeah, all that sort of jazz. Mm. Um, but this is obviously someone that's focused on babies, and there probably would be some insight into it and similarities. You know, if, mm. you, if you edit it right, if each baby does the same thing before it needs to go to the bathroom, and then you edit and show all four doing the exact same thing across the world, that would be quite impressive. Wow, mm-hmm. look at that. Babies, regardless, have the same facial expression for my nappies film. That would be yeah. quite cool to see. And the only way to do it is to follow four babies around over for a year and cut it up into a doc. I was just sucked in from the trailer when the little Mongolian baby's sitting there in his little bath and that goat sneaks up behind him and like is drinking out of his bath water. Or, you couldn't have it. planned that better. Yeah. i got to see this thing. I like the way it's short as well. They're obviously worried about boring people, so just hit you with a sharp 70 minutes of it or whatever it is. I'm thinking there's going to be no narration. I don't want any Piers Brosnan fucking telling me what to think. Just shoot them shoot those babies here on bsa we promote smash them no way trackers out this week you already seen that you saw saw ray yeah ray and tim this is ray winston trying to get a bounty on tim o'era morrison in the new zealand bush race from he's a boy south african farmer slash soldier is he like an accent oh heavy south african accent yeah really i didn't know he could i thought he could only do that gravelly yeah no no um, yeah he speaks like an angry religious zealot this one I think I'm going to by myself, I'm pretty sure. A Chinese ghost story. <laughs> Definitely. It came out of fucking nowhere. I didn't even announce it was on its way. It just, like, the day it came out, it just turned up on the sites. This is a, a remake of an 87 Hong Kong film. It's from the director of the two Ip Man films. I watched the trailer. I can't really work it out. The Wikipedia article is no help. From what I can tell, it's about a, a master swordsman slash priest and a tax collector who live in a, a mountain village that's constantly plagued by ghosts and spirits and tree demons. 
uh, who both fall in love with a ghost girl and have to go into the underworld to fight demons to get her back. Sounds fucking terrible. So I'll, I'll be seeing that, and Corey won't. Corey will be busy over at Sylvia Park seeing um, 3D Sex and Zen Extreme Ecstasy, the world's first 3D porn. No, I dispute that. Oh. Uh, I watched the doco on 3D and they did, in that first wave, they did a bunch of 3D porns, like back in the 60s and 70s. Really? Yeah. This so is... you're not disputing you won't be there, you're disputing... Oh, that I, is not the first. Yeah, I guarantee I won't be there. Unless, <laughs> unless my girlfriend wants to pay for me to go, then I'm in. Yeah, Apparently it's like it's 500 not years ago and filled with Japanese actresses, regardless of it being Chinese. It's a erotic movie. I don't think you can class it as porn. These days people think porn, they think internet, they think the full shebang. This is like Midnight Sky 1. Red yeah. Shoe Diaries. Yeah, exactly. I don't but want to see 3D David Kaufman. No. What people are quoting, the reporters that have announced it are all like, made more than Avatar in its first weekend. And people are like, oh my god, that's incredible. Then they like in quiet voice go, in Hong Kong. <laughs> so this made more than a foreign film. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So there's all that shit out, right? Mm. Even 3D, Sex and Z and Extreme Ecstasy. Yeah, I never knew it was full title. Well done. Plus, this week, there's a, a new three that sound fascinating to me, Go. personally. Catfish, which is a fascinating documentary about an internet relationship gone wrong, which we highly recommend. We've highly recommended. If you've listened to this, you've heard <laughs> yes. us go on about it, about the Wilson and Showcase. Yeah, if you don't know who just, Catfish is now, you're retarded. Please. And the other two... I caught our audience retarded. <laughs> I don't mean the audience. I love y'all. The other two I have to say you on are Burke and Hare. This is a remake of the 70s English horror. This is called a black comedy, so it's dodgy. But it's Simon Pegg and Andy Serkis play two comedic grave robbers who are supplying a local medical school. That's yep. the premise. I like it. Uh, it's cameos by, like, Steve Merchant, Bill Bailey, Tim Curry, Ronnie Corbett. Did you um, Bill Bailey Orchestra thing? No, I didn't. Oh, never mind. What, what are you... Uh, maybe I'll break my rule, watch the trailer and decide if it's any good or not. Right, I haven't seen the trailer either, but I'm guessing you would rather wait to other people watch it. And give me the recommendation. And I... See, because Phil... You'll download it later. You're well impressed by that whole list of cameos you just read out, right? Not a single one does anything for me. I like them all, but cameoing in a film does not make me need to watch it. If, like, the entire team, no, even half of a team, is, like, real good, you think, if all those people were attracted to a script, maybe it's not that bad. Yeah. So. I was going to say, I'm much shallow. I think of all those people who offered a part and they all took it, they were all broke. Right. <laughs> and the other one, I have two ways to sell it. Colonel Hans Lander in a circus movie. I'm not seeing Water I'm seeing that elephant. 100%. I'm not seeing Water Hans Lander in a circus. Uh, you can tell me all about Water for Elephants and how fascinating it was. The director, though, as a music video director, he's made, this is his third feature. He didn't do Nice to Sidonia, did he? He did Constantine, Ding-a-ding. which I love, Ding-a-ding. and I Am Legend. Ding-a-ding. I loved I Am Legend. Constantine? I've seen it once. Twice. You didn't love it? Is Shia LaBeouf the assistant? Is there some yeah. reason I radical? Peter Stormare, Tilda Swinton. Can't remember all those people. Neo, right? Yeah, he's in it. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Best film he's ever done. Oh, nice. I recall a Rachel mirror. Rachel Weiss. A mirror and a demon being sucked out of a mirror and a mirror being smashed on the road outside. It was all on the car. The Shia sitting in waiting. Yeah. I remember he, he warps into hell by putting his feet in a bucket of water and holding a cat. Yeah. I loved it. Anyway, this guy made a bunch of music videos, then Constantine, then I Am Legend, which I think a lot of people kind of respect. Yeah, I liked it. Does his third one, starring Colonel Hans Lander in the circus. I'm saying it. 
I will wait in here. Of course, it's mainly about Mr. Twilight. He's the new vet. He joins the travelling circus and falls in love with the horse dancer girl, Reese Witherspoon, who um, Hans Leiner kind of likes, so they get into fight. Anyway. So, yeah, this week, Catfish, Birkenhair, and, and Water for Elephants. Yeah. You've also got Academy's um, Comedy Month, which has still got American, Moonstruck, Pink Panther, blah, blah, blah. A couple of uh, special one-offs I wanted to announce. Rocky Horror is playing that thing again. It's a brilliant film, great audience participation. Unfortunately, this one has got a compulsory cast fucking forcing you into it so maybe you want to skip that that's down at Academy on the 13th of May of May <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's is on the 14th and 15th at the Academy of May that's when um, George Peppard who's Hannibal from A-Team um, falls for a socialite Audrey Hepburn a Holly Golightly and um, Mickey Rooney's the totally racist Japanese landlord it's one of those like Al Mickey Johnson Rooney plays a Japanese landlord front. oh it's brilliant radical absolutely brilliant you can hardly understand him he's got massive buck teeth and, uh, it's disgusting <laughs> Disgusting. Crazy. And on the 15th, this week, the final screening of Danny Boyle's Frankenstein. Yeah. Last screening with me and Corey being postponing, postponing, postponing. And on the Friday, the 20th of May, uh, the 48 Hours Film Competition starts. A couple of thousand teams. No, Corey, who's going to do that? I'll probably give it a shot. Uh, 600 <laughs> teams across New Zealand enter and compete in the 48 hours. You, you don't know what you're filming until Friday 7pm. It's got to be handed in Sunday 7pm. Bloody hell, you better know about it. It's fantastic. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. Ah, yeah, man, we're gonna get that crack, and we're gonna be we're gonna be on a buzz after that's finished. Mm. When are we gonna record an episode? We'll just be like high on lack of sleep. We'll do a ten p.m. Sunday night. Anyway, bro, that's a fuckload of information. It is yet again. Next week we're gonna be talking about source code. Yep. And moon. Yep. I'm gonna try and get Corey to your highness. Yeah, it'll probably happen. We'll be able to catch up with um, Tracker. I know you've already talked about it, but I haven't seen it yet, so I'll be able to yep. chuck in my two cents worth. And touche pa au gribi. Uh, French for Don't Touch the Loot. Heist film. About an aging gangster who comes out of retirement once again uh, when his buddy is held ransom for a bunch of gold. As you do. I'm also going to try and squeeze in the Bill Hicks film, American. Oh, yeah. The new docker about that. Um, Babies? Are you going to catch up with Babies? Oh, I'll be able to review about it if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm going you mean to. pay for it? Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Because I don't want that French documentary maker to... <laughs> and I'm going to see uh, a Chinese ghost story and Corey's going to hate on me for doing so. Oh no, I'm going to laugh when you come back and say how shit it was. <laughs> that's another Choco episode. And another Choco episode coming up next week. Yeah, get into it. Dive in. BSA all the way. Fuck, that was fun. I'm going for a drink. Roger that. Okay, I'm bye. Gonna... Yeah, ciao.